Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Monday. Welcome to another episode of the Flyers Talk podcast for this June 29th edition. As always, Katie Emmer, Jordan Hall with you today. Jordan, it's good to talk. I hope you had a good weekend. You know, I'm sitting here on my typical Monday. Got a cup of coffee in front of me, too. I don't care that it's whatever time in the afternoon. But my coffee cup says, friendship is like good coffee, warm, rich, and strong. I just read that. I like that. You know what? I, I would have to say that's you and me. I was just going to say that kind of sums up our relationship, our friendship, really. oh we're so weird i love it but anyway i just looked down at that mug had to give that off great friendship we got but anyway um it's always fun we get to start our week talking hockey you know we had some some craziness uh going into the weekend with the nhl draft lottery that's that was pretty wild um and now this week we'll be seeing some more flyers come back to to Voorhees, new jersey let's get right into it because craziness is one word to put that jordan I don't know about you. It's just like you're, you're watching. You're also on Twitter. Like it was quite entertaining to say the least and entertaining for Flyers fans that you don't really have to worry about this scenario. Like I personally feel for any Detroit Red Wings fans, first and foremost, like that was one team that came to mind, but this whole scenario. Um, and for those that, you know, maybe missed it or you were living under a rock over the weekend, any hockey fans that didn't see it. I don't know if that's too blunt, but anyway, I feel like everyone would know about this. Sure. The first round pick in the 2020 draft is TBD. Jordan, this was so bizarre. Like to me, again, Flyers aren't in that position, but those teams that completely didn't make the playoffs, I would feel like deserve a first round pick in the 2020 uh, draft. But now instead, it's going to be a team from the qualifying round that doesn't make it exactly in, but they still were in that place to begin with to have a chance. They're going to get a first round pick. This is bizarre. It's so nuts. You really do feel for the Red Wings. I know some people were like, well, hey, they, they've won plenty of Stanley Cups. They had a dynasty, um, you know, that everyone knows about. Uh, but they wow. were so bad this season. Like, so bad. They weren't even close to any other teams. Uh, so to not land that number one overall pick or really in the position that they are, that's just you, – you have to feel for them. But then, yeah, to think that um, all of a sudden those qualifying teams in that qualifying round, everything – is just so much more interesting for them. It's like, well, now they have a shot at the Stanley Cup. Do they want to win uh, to go to that first round? Or, hey, if they lose, all of a sudden, you know, they have a really good chance at that first – It's not almost a really like good a chance. win-win. They, yes, they have a chance at that first, that first overall pick. So it's just such a crazy um, one way or the other for those, for those teams. Um, yeah, just a wild scenario uh, this weekend. It really reminded me, Katie, of – 2017 when the Flyers were slotted to pick 13th overall and they somehow climbed to the second overall pick they had a 2.4 chance to get that second overall pick and they did 
it was wild. We couldn't believe it. You, you know, all this time you're looking at it and you're thinking they're going to be picking 13th, which, you know, is a nice first round pick, but it's nothing like crazy. And then all of a sudden they somehow go to number two and you're looking at Nolan Pack, Patrick or Nico Heischer. Um, it really reminded me of that, uh, just how it unfolded this weekend. Um, you're just, it's the improbable <laughs> that is happening. Um, so, hey, now the, yeah. uh, 2014, the 2014 tournament, excuse me, just got that much more interesting, especially, obviously, for those qualifying round teams. Yeah, look, you talked about the odds there. And, of course, like, that, that's always sort of maybe, I don't know if fun is the right word to put it, but in that scenario in 2017, like, it's fun. Like, yeah. you, you definitely got the, the, you know, longer end of the stick there. If it's your team, I don't think anyone's complaining about it. But in this scenario, yeah. I think there's a lot of complaints going on, mostly because who knows who's going to have it. Um, it. It just is so bizarre to just think, okay, it could be this team. It could be this team. Like, what about even the Canadians? Like you mentioned right there, like, oh, all right, they have a chance to make it in. But if you don't, there's still another perk. You might get that first round. So it's just, it is so bizarre. But Jordan, it's like in, in this time, you know, the 2014 playoff format that you mentioned, like everything's so creative. Like maybe this is sort of what we could expect out of 2020, a year that's been so bizarre already. Like, you know a lot of different things going on that I don't even need to run through, but it's just sort of maybe that off year, that weird year. And I don't know, we'll see what happens. But like, obviously I think this is a huge perk that you don't have to worry about the flyers in the mix of things in this scenario. How upset yeah. I, you mentioned the Red Wings there too. Like how upset would flyers fans be if this was their team? Oh my gosh. Yeah. They really had a bad year and then somehow don't get that. Like, cause I'll see right? any team when you start to have the season that you're having, when everything just goes awry the the glimmer of hope is like well the draft we can look forward to the draft and then to not get the selection that you're hoping for has to be like a punch to the gut it's nice to see the flyers not even in that scenario if you think about it like the a team like the canadians really made out well here i think they were 31 31 and 8 they now get a chance to make noise in the tournament and have a shot at the stanley cup and then they also have a really decent chance at that number one overall pick so Gosh, they must be smiling ear to ear, really, because uh, they're in two really good uh, spots. Um, and, and yeah, so many, so many things could happen. It's crazy. Really? Uh, so, hey, it makes, like you said, it makes it interesting. It makes it fun. Why not? And it, Katie, it had us kind of thinking a little bit. The Flyers, we know they're probably going right, to – right now they're slotted at 26th overall in the draft, but yeah. that certainly can change if the NHL is able to, you know, finish this season, resume and finish. So we know they'll be late in that first round, likely. Uh, given everything that's happened, do you think they'll consider trading up and maybe trying to get into the top 15, top 12? Do you think they should? Do you think they will? Oof, you like that question. Should they and could they? Anything's possible, Jordan, right? Draft night, we know how that goes. And anything's possible with Chuck Fletcher and just what he's able to pull off. We've seen even the offseason acquisitions, the, the acquisitions at the trade deadline. Of course, the draft is a whole different ballgame. Um, you mentioned, too, they're late. They're slotted at 26 as of now in that first round. And who knows what will happen. Um, I think if, when you want to move up, why not? If there's that opportunity, why not do it? Um, but I guess this is a good thing. You're not desperate to move up. You're not desperate to move up as the Flyers right now. What they have already – um, we've seen it out, out there on the ice. It's, it's a positive-looking team and a positive-looking future. Um, and even the prospect-wise, we've seen the, you know, Wade Allison, Cam York, these guys that are coming in already. And, of course, like, you want to look at more guys at forward maybe or where else. But 
I feel like in the prospect case of things, the Flyers are in such good hands as far as where their future is going. But right now, you're in such a good position. You're not desperate to move up. If it could happen, great. Like, we shall see. But I think that's such a great position you're in, Jordan. You're not, like, desperate to get up there. Um, but we'll see. We'll no, see. Anything's true. possible. What do you think? Yeah, no, it's very true. They're not desperate to move up. They're already in a pretty promising position. Uh, they are competitive right now, and they want to be very competitive next season. So I think the focus really is on winning now, whereas maybe some other teams obviously are looking more two, three years down the line. I don't think the Flyers will, just for a few reasons. One, they're going to be picking kind of later in the first round. Like, like we said, they're at 26 right now, and they should be in that ballpark um, when it's all said and done. Brent Flair, their assistant general manager, who oversees their scouting and draft, uh, told me a little while ago that he says it's a solid draft, but it's not a top end. He thinks the top 10 to 12 players or the top 10 to 12 picks um, are pretty good. After that, it's, you know, it kind of slides a little bit. So if they were really in love with a player in that top 10 to 12 range, to move up from the 25-26 range to that uh, section would really require a lot. You would have to make a little a decent haul um, to get up there. And I don't think they're willing to do that because I don't think they want to subtract too much from what they have already because they're going to be pretty competitive next year and they want to keep what they have going. So I don't think they're going to be willing to subtract too much. And then they don't have a ton of picks to play with. They have seven overall picks. Last year, the big, one of the bigger things they did was in the second round, they moved up to, to drive Bobby Brink because they had some picks to play with. Um, they were able to shed a few picks to move up from one pick in the second round to a little bit higher and get Bobby Brink. But that wasn't even a major jump. But they had the picks to play with, and they used them. This year, they don't really have that. Um, so, again, I just don't know if they really have what it takes to really make a major jump. And I don't think they're going to want to go from, like, 25 to, like, 18. So, no, I think they're going to pick where they are. I think they're going to get a nice player. Um, maybe they move up in other rounds, but saying they're going to maybe move up in, in the first round and really grab like a headline grabbing guy. I just don't see it happening, but, um, yeah. it's fun to talk about. Like you said, Katie, thinking of some draft guys, you know, we're going to talk, we're going to go from the first round to the seventh round here, Katie, yeah. Wyatt Kalanuk. Um, the reason we're talking about him is because he has essentially become a free agent. Uh, he was a seventh round pick of the Flyers. He's an overager. Um, he for, he forwent his senior season, so he will not be going back to Wisconsin to be a senior this year. Um, he is becoming a pro, and he has become a free agent because the Flyers and them have, have not come to terms within the window in which they have to. So now he's able to negotiate with the rest of the league, and um, it's a smart move by Wyatt Kalianuk. It You know, it gives him the ability to talk to other teams and maybe – find a better situation. Um, but the Flyers are still very much in the running. Uh, I don't want to freak out Flyers fans. Uh, they are still very much in the running for this kid. Um, but he can talk to other teams, long story short. Yeah. Katie, we want to give one reason for why we're optimistic, optimistic he will still sign with the Flyers. And then we're going to give a reason for why we're not super confident and why he may choose another team. Katie, let's start with you. Why do you think there's one reason we should be optimistic and one reason why we shouldn't. I, you know, when we do this, the one reason thing, I don't know if you've learned by now, I can never find one single thing. So hopefully I don't go on too much here, but I always, okay. I can never just 
I can never put all my eggs in one basket. <laughs> I, I know like when we're getting ready for this and, and looking at that one reason, I just get carried away because look, we all know how, how talented this player is. I guess I'm generalizing. We all know. But for those that may not know, this is a very talented player. Of course, Jordan, as you mentioned, he forewent his senior season, um, which to me I find like maybe remarkable at the same time. It's like, you know, when you know, you know, like you can never just say that was a bad move by him or a good move. Like he knows he's ready to play. And I, I actually just pulled up his numbers here from his junior season. He was a captain at, at Wisconsin. Seven goals, 21 assists for 28 points in 36 games. That is not bad for a defenseman. Um, definitely a, a talented player. Um, I, I feel like this is a guy, too, that's so close to NHL ready, and that's clear. He is ready. He is ready to, to sign his professional contract. That being said, where you know the one reason why he would be with the Flyers is what you asked. Here we go. I'll try to make it one. But I don't know. When I think a lot about – when you're looking at different teams and in his position, you're looking at how successful the Flyers were this season, but also that, like him as a defenseman, how he could picture himself fitting into this uh, camaraderie, this format, and just how things have been able to go. Um, something to note, too, is he is just a few months younger than both Phil Myers and Ivan Provorov. Yeah. Ivan Provorov, a huge example. When you look at that, where you line up and how these younger defensemen are making such an impact and how you could see yourself there, too, um, I feel like that's reassuring when you look at sort of the, the key components the Flyers already have. And we know how much of an impact Ivan Provorov makes at his age. I'm confident he will sign because this is the team that believed in you. This is the team that, you know, you have this future with that could really lay out in any team could, you know, really argue that. Like, as you mentioned, Jordan, he could go anywhere. That's why we're saying, like, why would we be concerned? I'm confident, though, he will sign for the reason of looking at what the – the players that have already come about and even looking at, you know, the Cam York, the Igor Zamula, like the different guys that are going to be joining in on that. Maybe that's that competition too, that you could think a little bit more about, but just looking at how close he could get to the NHL right away. And I just feel like with the flyers, he would have that, that biggest opportunity. And maybe he is judging that at the moment, but I'm confident he will sign for that reason. He could get right up to the team in a quick amount of time. What about you? Yes, uh, excellent point. I think that's one reason why I'm confident he will sign is because there's a relationship with the Flyers there. He was drafted in the seventh round of the 2017 draft. So it was by a previous regime. It was by Ron Hextall and Chris Pryor. But he has been to the practice facility for development camps. He's very close with Flyers development coaches, guys like Shell Samuelson, who was a former defenseman who has worked very closely with him. He's very close with John Riley, one of the Flyers development coaches, guys that have kept tabs on him ever since he was drafted. And they've had a, a big impact on his growth from a, you know, a seventh round pick to a guy that's looking like he could really be an NHL player. Uh, Tony Granato, Wisconsin, the Wisconsin head coach, told me that th those guys in the Flyers development staff have been very instrumental in his growth. So I think there's going to be a loyalty there between Wyatt Kalanuck and the Flyers. And I think that's a very reason to be confident still, even though he is obviously testing the waters and going to listen and he's going to talk to other teams. And so, you know, obviously his, his agent and they're going to look elsewhere. There is a relationship with the Flyers. He knows they're developing guys. He knows kind of the ways they go about things. Um, so even though there was a previous regime that drafted him, he has said he is, you know, he has a good relationship with Chuck Fletcher and Brent Flair the new, obviously, general manager and assistant general manager. And 
there's been a relationship going back to 2017 with people like Shel Samuelson and John Raleigh, their development coaches. So I think that's a major positive and a reason why I'm confident he will sign. But we're going to talk both sides of the coin, Katie. One reason why you're a little concerned why he could sign elsewhere. I like that. Uh, I mean, going to one more thing off of that, like, do you think relationships are um, one of the biggest things for this situation? Like for him to decide, like, like as a player, I think we think a lot about the numbers and everything. We make a great point there, Jordan. And I will get into the concerns, but sure. just to elaborate more on that, like it, they are, they are human beings at the end of the day to, to, uh, to really decide what they want for what's best for themselves, for their career and everything else. How big are relationships? No, it's so true. You think about it. Say, um, say Wyatt Kalanick signs with the Flyers and then he goes into camp this year. He, the Flyers development staff and their front office staff, they really know Wyatt Kalanick now. You know, yeah. John Raleigh, Shel Samuelson, the other development coaches, they already can talk to Chuck Fletcher and, and Brent Flair and say, hey, here's what we know about this kid. We've known him now since 2017. We really like his offensive ability. He's a hard worker. Um, he's 23. He's advanced. So they can really – they already had that advanced scouting report where Cali Nook, if he's looking to sign elsewhere, in the back of his head, he's thinking probably, well, I have to win over a whole new scouting staff. I have to win over a whole new front office. There's a bit, of, bit more of an uphill battle, even if he goes into an organization that maybe is looking for a defenseman um, to jump in right away, whereas the Flyers maybe have some more depth. He still has to win over some new people. So I think yeah. that will absolutely play into the fact of him, whether he signs here or elsewhere, is the relationship he already has with this organization, 100%. I completely agree with that. And that's why I wanted to elaborate, too, because sure. I think sometimes you, you forget that. Like, you, yeah. you know, where could he fit in? How is this going to work? How are you confident he would be here? And it, it's, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like having everybody that already knows you and sort of maybe knowing your way around. You mentioned Skate Zone, like knowing the chemistry and how things are going to work. Um, I feel like that really helps visualize like if you're going to work there too. So sure. I think that's a huge thing going off of what you said. But as you mentioned, we're going to get into maybe a concern because it is true, Jordan, he could go anywhere and this isn't guaranteed those relationships with the team. Maybe that's not important to him or, you know, you would think it is, but maybe there's a, a better option out there and it truly is. You got to love the suspense. My goodness. These, yeah. these players, they love it. But um, yeah, I mean, a, a concern I would have is I, I just mentioned earlier, like, the prospect pool is so strong with the Flyers. Um, and I think, you know, when you're a player, you're a prospect, you want to get into the league. He clearly does. Uh, Four went his senior season to do this. Um, first, the money, the opportunity, but you want to make it in the league and you want to make it in the league quick. Like you want to see that gateway that could get you there as quick as possible. And my concern, look at this. I, I made one in this scenario. Uh, okay. I don't know. I had one in the first one too. I think I did yeah. good today. Um, yeah. One reason for each, but a reason for the uh, one reason for maybe you know you're not as confident he'll sign or a concern is the right word are the two names I mentioned earlier there Igor uh, Zamula and Cam York two strong defensemen that you don't know like you might have a competition with as far as I could see this player this Kalanuk going to the Phantoms you would have a, a great shot there um, you're among Sam Moran Mark Friedman to name a couple and maybe you would have that, that outlet, but you never know. I, I think that those two other prospects might be a little bit of discouraging. Thank yeah. you. Call me crazy. Maybe that's like a little weak of a concern, but I do think that that might be a bit of, it, it might be discouraging to see like, are you going to, but at the same time, you can't really like compare these players. They are such the same position players, but 
they are such different players at the same time. And you want that healthy competition. And you can imagine he's going to have it at any other team. There's going to be other prospects, other players you're going to have to compete with. Um, but that just might be a concern that I would think of as far as, and maybe it's just not the best option for, you know, as quick as he would get to the NHL. Maybe he just doesn't see that as quick with uh, the Flyers. Very valid concern, Katie, uh, in my opinion as well. You think about it, Wyatt Kalyanuk is, he's 23 years old. So his window is now. His window, his NHL window is now. He's not 19, 20, where, you know, he's already making a splash and he's going to be patient and having a few years. His window is now. Because if you think about it, it affects the rest of his career in terms of what he makes too. When he, if he signs his entry-level contract now, turns pro, and he's in an organization that lacks defensive depth, he can probably climb a little faster to the NHL. He could probably be a little more productive. And then once he gets out of his entry-level contract, he's set up much, much better for a payday. Whereas in an organization that's deeper at that position, he signs now, it takes him a little longer, and maybe he's not as productive or he's not in a as promising role until he's 25, 26. And all of a sudden, he's a little bit older, and his window of opportunity is kind of closing. Um, and that's the case kind of with the Flyers. If you think about it, Ivan Provorov, Robert Haig, Philip Myers, Travis Sanheim, and Mark Freeman are all 25 years old or younger. They're not going anywhere, and they're only getting better. They're only hitting their prime. Then you factor in some of the guys you mentioned, Katie. Igor Zamula, who the Flyers are very high on, is turning pro this year. Uh, Wyatt Wiley, uh, turning pro this year, also a defenseman. Linus Linus Hogberg, turning pro this year. Then there's Cam York, who was their first-round pick last year, who is very well could be turning pro after his sophomore season at Michigan. Uh, going to be playing a huge role for the Flyers in the years to come. There's also guys like Mason Millman, uh, Adam Ginning, who was a former second-round pick of the Flyers. So there are some serious roadblocks potentially for Wyatt Kalanuk and and the role in which he might play and then how fast he can kind of climb to the flyers. Uh, whereas there might be an organization that's in much greater need of a defenseman and may have a clearer path to the NHL for him. That maybe just might be more attractive because again, the quicker he gets to the NHL, the more productive he will be in a bigger role, the, the better signing and the better deal he will get in the future. And it just sets him up for a better career in the NHL. So maybe he looks at the flyers and, and thinks, man, you know, there are some really talented guys here and I can maybe climb a little faster with another NHL team um, that's going to be willing to maybe give me more in the future. So that would be my overall concern is that the team, the Flyers are exceptionally deep. They really are deep at this position. um, And that can maybe raise some eyebrows for him and maybe think, hey, I could go elsewhere and uh, have a better route to the NHL. Uh, So that would be my concern, Katie. You want to make that A team as quick as possible. And of course, as you mentioned, you want to get paid. So yeah, I mean, both of those, uh, you know, we're confident, but also you never know with, you know, the concerns we listed that was, you know, it's always interesting. Your NBC Sports Philadelphia podcasts are now on the My Teams app. Listen to Eagle Eye, Sixers Talk, Phillies Talk, and Flyers Talk now. Speaking of interesting, we will see, you know, what happens with this, as you mentioned, young player, but also surprisingly, it's crazy to think not very young in the league that uh, we see out there today. Sure. But, you know, speaking of uh, different players, maybe even different prospects for that matter, 
Uh, Mikhail Vorobiev, uh, the fourth round 2015 pick for the Flyers. He's now, uh, what is this, Jordan? We're seeing that, you know, he might be playing in the KHL, uh, sticking yeah. around home, playing in the KHL next season. What were you seeing with this? Yeah, Katie, it looked like a report came out of Russia that Mikhail Vorobiev, who is Russian, um, it, it's reportedly that he will sign a three-year contract to play in the KHL, uh, which obviously is, you know, news to Flyers fans because uh, Michael Vorobiev, you know, has had, some cup, has had plenty of cups of coffee, really, with the Flyers, uh, and he was set to become a restricted free agent in the offseason. So there was going to be a decision there for the Flyers, but it looks like Vorobiev might make that decision for him. It looks like he's headed to the KHL if that report is true. Um, I can't say I'm overly surprised, Katie. Uh, obviously, yeah. you know, we, he's a Russian player. Um, there was a language barrier there. Um, you know, he gave the NHL a great shot. He, you know, he proved he could play in the AHL. The, his KHL contract appears reportedly that it could be better than what he might make in the AHL. It won't be what he would make in the NHL, but maybe there's just a comfortable um, feeling playing in his home country, playing in the KHL where he can be a little more productive, play a bigger role, be it, you know, be in his home country. Um, and then maybe he can play well there and maybe circle back and, and, and look back at the NHL, you know, maybe two to three years down the line. Um, yeah. For me, whenever I saw Vorobiev here with the Flyers, he just didn't look super comfortable. Um, whether, it, whether it be kind of in the locker room or whether it be on the ice, it seemed like Whenever he got here, he had about five to six call-ups. He would come up here, really make uh, an imprint, and then he would kind of taper off the rest of the way, and then he'd go, he would go back to the AHL. Same thing, come up, really make um, himself noticeable, and then, again, taper off and just didn't provide the consistency. Um, and then he, I know he, uh, he was developing the English language more and more, but um, whenever we spoke to him, he needed a Russian translator, which is totally fine, but I definitely know it's a challenge for anyone. I know if I went to oh, yeah. Russia and I was trying to learn Russian, um, that certainly wouldn't make me feel at home. Wow, I, trying I, to play well and make a good right, team trying and to communicate play with your teammates. Like, you can't have that off-ice same experience as you would in the cage. Right, you're trying country. to understand the, the coaches, the culture here. Um, yeah. Whereas now he can go and play in Russia and, and feel a little bit more at home. Um, and good for him. You know, he's, you know, if he goes there, uh, he will be a little more comfortable and feel at home. So I can't say yeah. I'm overly surprised, Katie. Um, and I think the Flyers maybe aren't overly surprised. They had a decision whether they wanted to re-sign him or not as an RFA. Uh, now he's going to probably make better money than he would in the AHL with the Phantoms. Um, what do you think, Katie? I, I can't say yeah. Yeah, I mean, you still have a, uh, a young player. This is, again, another 23-year-old after we just uh, were talking about a different one. But a young player, he's had two years um, in the league, in the NHL, 35 games with the Flyers. Yeah, just looking through his numbers, too, like this season, you talked about, like, he never, he, he never had that consistent factor to him. He was just called up, you know, sent back down. Um, it never really had that splash, really. And I didn't know if that was ever even expected out of him. He, he just, he was there when he needed him. Um, obviously, we know he's a talented centerman. He was doing great with the Phantoms. With the Flyers point-wise, he was a minus five in 20 games, and he had um, three points. So, again, you didn't really see maybe what you expected to see. And, and something that comes to mind, like, you talk about being in your home country. And, of course, I would find that as an important factor, too. Why not? Like, you're, that language barrier, you're all set. You're sort of smooth sailing. 
um, as far as the off ice chemistry goes and just like as a human being, how it feels. But uh, something that comes to mind too is just like playing time and getting those reps. Like your confidence is so like, I just feel like that confidence couldn't ever be there because it was like you're coming up and this happens a lot with different players that, you know, come up from the HL or get their chance and then get sent back down. Like you never, uh, when you don't have that, maybe uh, those reps over and over again, you're getting enough ice time day in, day out. Like, and you start to build confidence as a player, build confidence on the team you're playing with. Um, I feel like, you know, it really amplifies your, your skill set and what you can do. And I just feel like he never really had that chance. So maybe like you said, anything's possible. Like he could circle back. Um, but at the same time, he's back in his home country, has the ability to make more money than he did in the HL. Um, but at the same time, on, on top of that, I, I just think, you know, you're getting more reps and we might see him again. But I like to be confident in that matter. You know, who knows? Anything could happen um, with the sport of hockey. And look, the KHL, of course, is a different league than the NHL. I think we've seen a little bit of that. But, you know, hoping all the best for Vorobia. This is, you know, a player that, you know, we will see soon, maybe. I'm going to stay confident, but in the meantime, good for him being back in his home country and maybe getting more of those reps that he very much needed. Yeah, absolutely, Katie. And uh, it just seemed like uh, with the Flyers, I think they started to learn as much as they could about him and his multiple call-ups. You know, he had multiple call-ups uh, in the previous season, this season the same. And Elaine Vigneault continued to stress it. Hey, we've seen – they, you know, they called him Misha. We, he would always say, we've continued to see Misha come up and start well, but then his effort kind of fell off. And they continued to stress and emphasize that. And I think there was a sense of frustration growing within the Flyers front office and coaching staff that he would get called up and, uh, and, and, and would start fast, but then wouldn't keep it going. And maybe both sides started to realize Roby have maybe thought, Hey, KHL looks like it's a better option for me. I'll make more money than I will with the Phantoms. And maybe the Flyers were starting to think too, well, Hey, we, you know, he might not be in our picture next year. Um, or even if he's in our organization, he might not be with the Flyers as much. He'll be in Lehigh Valley more. So maybe both sides were starting to understand and see a clearer picture of what the road presented ahead. But speaking of prospects, speaking of guys that, you know, are kind of on the roster bubble, uh, Connor Bunneman has uh, made his way to Voorhees, uh, and he will very much be in the picture, of course, for the Flyers when and if uh, the season does resume. Um, and we've seen a number of fly Flyers come back to Voorhees, Robert Hag being another one. Uh, so more players, and we expect more to trickle in this week um, as July 10 gets closer. That is the start of training camp. That's the, the date the NHL has circled for when that will start. Right now we are still in phase two, but – Katie, I expect a lot, a lot of more flyers um, to be coming in this week and uh, getting a much bigger group. How exciting is that? And what do you, what role do you think maybe Bonneman can play um, going into this 2014 tournament? Yeah, I mean Bonneman, we saw him step up uh, right there before that trade deadline. I think this is a player that's hungry. He's hungry to get back in there, and he helped out get the Flyers where they are. Um, you know, what Derek Grant comes in seven games left uh, before that NHL pause. But leading up to that, like, Bunneman did what he needed to do when he was there. And I feel like this is a player that has that long reach, that has that ability to just help out with the depth. Um, why not? I, I mean, I'm so excited that, you know, we're even talking about this. I, I, we have different black aces that are going to be able to come up and help improve the team that was already so strong. Again, this argument's going to keep coming up. How did they pick up where they left off? I don't really have a concern with that because you know what? 
every single team is in this boat right now. Every single team um, had to deal with this break, had to deal with the lack of ice time and has to deal with getting back out on the ice and groups right now of six. Um, so we will see. And, and I did hear, you know, that number might be slowly increased for, with the players wise. Um, and then eventually a training camp. And I, I was actually just looking through a quote, not quote, but just mentioned Bob McKenzie on Twitter has been, you know, talking about this, like the, the start of the training camps, like that might, that phase three might move back. Jordan, we've seen reports of that. It's slotted at July 10th, but it could be pushed back. There's ability for that to happen. But the good part is, is it wouldn't be more than a few days is what, you know, the speculations are at the moment. A big question too, is where are these teams going to be playing? Like I, I'm constantly looking like, do we have any report? And I thought today maybe we would get something, um, but still no talks about the official hub cities for this 2014 playoff format whatever. We'll get there eventually. Yes. I am so excited to just see more and more players trickle in. Um, hockey is coming back. I don't care if it's the middle of July. I don't care right now. What end of June we have hockey. This is fun. Um, and hoping, hoping everyone remains to stay safe, but in this case, Connor Bunneman and just different, different players like that. I'm excited to see. And I say like that, the players that were the black aces, I'm excited to see them trickle in. Absolutely. I think the Flyers will, Really, really want Connor Bonneman to stay ready. I don't think he will be in their, you know, their lineup when things get started. And in a best of seven series, I don't think he will crack the lineup. They're even healthier now. If you remember, he went down to Lehigh Valley at the trade deadline when the Flyers acquired Nate Thompson and Derek Grant. Um, and then he was still not back here, even when the Flyers started dealing with some health issues when, you know, James Van Riemsdyk went down, when Nate Thompson was injured. Um, he still wasn't right exactly in the picture. So given the Flyers are healthier now, um, and obviously they have Grant and Thompson in the picture after the deadline, I don't expect Connor Bunneman to be in the lineup, but I think he's a kid that they really like and a kid that they think they can trust uh, if, the if the opportunity presents itself. Uh, say the Flyers are in some injury issues. Say they want to get it a little bit bigger and maybe tougher on the fourth line. I don't think they'll have a problem throwing Connor Bunneman in there so I, I know they were they are certainly asking him, hey, be ready because your number could be called. A good player to have. And it's nice to see the Flyers have some options like that. They have a Morgan Frost. They have a Connor Bunneman. Um, they have yeah. a Mark Friedman on defense. You know, they have some kids and some younger prospects that I think they will trust. And, they, and they, those, those guys earned the trust during the regular season. They showed some flashes. Uh, so that's great to see. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Wells Fargo. When our communities need us, Wells Fargo is here to help. As we wrap up this podcast, uh, a podcast I know I really, really enjoyed was the Marathon on Ice Sports Uncovered podcast. It was such a cool, detailed look, and it's a comprehensive, really big picture look at that unforgettable five overtime game oh, in yeah. the 2000 playoffs between the Flyers and Penguins. So many takes, so many angles, so many people. Um, it was so well produced by our own podcast producer, Ben Barry, and so many other folks at NBC Sports Philadelphia. Uh, fans, if you have not listened to it, absolutely go listen to it. Just the stories are epic. And the big picture look, Katie, the thing that I really enjoyed, Katie, was I know there were some crazy different stories within that whole game of obviously the pizza and players cramping and players thinking they couldn't even make it for one more shift. But what I really liked was the whole big picture look of it, of how different things could have been for the Penguins and the Flyers had that game gone the other way. Say the yeah. Penguins win that game and they go up 3-1 in the series. Who knows if they get Sidney Crosby? Who knows if they go on 
to win three more cups. Um, it could be totally different because that, that game would have shifted the series and it really could have shifted the future of both those organizations. That's what I really liked about it, Katie. What, what did you yeah. like? Well, yeah, right. I mean, right there in life, everything happens for a reason. It's yeah. a great way to think. Like, it's fun, too, to think, wow, like, what if this had happened? Um, but fortunately, in the Flyers' case, of course they won that game. There is no doubt that this was just so remarkable to, to see, but also to just hear more and more stories come about. Um, I, I really enjoyed this. I thought this was very well produced. We're going to give a shout out to our podcast producer, Ben Barry, and, and all other uh, members who put this together. This was not easy to get every single no. interview done, get all of this executed. And I thought it was just a, a perfectly displayed um, podcast for all fans that are so passionate about first and foremost, the Flyers, but also just this great memory of this great moment. And I mentioned it too last week that um, it was so fun to just learn more from fans. Like I, I posted a tweet out, like, what was your biggest memory from this game? And just hearing so much, uh, so many different stories and such a different time for people. They were in school at that time. They were in college. They stayed up all night. Um, some husbands that, you know, drove their wife nuts, staying up late, um, didn't turn the TV off and whatever hour of the night it was for them. Um, it, it's so fun to learn more stories from the fans, but also Yes, you did mention um, the pizza. I, I would have to say my favorite from the, you know, the stories. Um, it has to do with the pizza. It's mostly because Keith Jones, getting to know this guy, such a fan of him and his work, first and foremost, but fan of his farm and everything he does off the ice as of now, away from broadcast. He's just such a cool person. It was so fun to have him on um, Flyers Talk. But I think that story, um, just uh, Rick Tockett, too, saying it was one of his favorite memories was – Keith Jones providing the comic relief during that game and coming into the locker room with a slice of pizza hanging out of his mouth. It was between, you know, one of the four overtime periods completed. Um, just thinking of that, like, I, I could completely see that happening. Like, knowing Jonesy now, if, if we had been playing, how cool would that have been, by the way? Shout out to our, uh, our coworker, to Chris Terrian, who is a very big part of this game. Yeah. Uh, but if we were sitting in that locker room too, like if I had known, like that would be such a Jonesy thing to do. Um, it, it's, it's one of those things throughout this, you know, over 43 minute podcast, you just, you can't help but smile in different moments for different stories. It's really fun to learn more about, but once again, Jordan, you did it too. We encourage everyone to go check this out. Um, it, it is right there, you know, on our website, anywhere you get your podcast, you have to check out, um, the sports uncovered marathon on ice. It was so fun. It really was. It is worth the download, worth the listen. Um, I always think to myself, Katie, exactly what you were saying. To be a fly on the wall in those dressing rooms <laughs> yeah. between overtimes, well, to be honest, this podcast actually gives you a pretty good taste of what that would be like. So I will say there's some things I'm good without knowing. There, there are some things I'm good. I'm all set. I don't need to know about. But yes, exactly. to be a fly on the wall for different scenarios. So yes, Flyers fans, absolutely go listen to Sports Uncovered, Marathon on Ice, you will not regret it. And thank you for listening to the Flyers Talk podcast. Katie Emmer, thank you as always uh, for joining us. And Ben Berry, our podcast producer, thank you so much as well. This is the latest Flyers Talk podcast. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe. And we cannot wait to talk to you next time.